0: Do you know the Bible has more verses on money and possessions than any other topic? Actually, over 2,300. There is a deep connection between how we think, treat, and deal with money to our own spiritual lives. 2,300 Reasons Why is a podcast designed to be a biblical pursuit of money so that we have a better understanding of how it can be used to make a bigger kingdom impact. Join Austin Tomes, Wealth Advisor and Certified Financial Planner at Passage Wealth, as he explores biblical financial truth. Listen as Austin interviews pastors, professors, authors, business owners, and more as they share a deeper understanding of God's Word and their personal experiences when it comes to money. And remember, if Jesus spoke and taught on money so much, so should we.
1: Hello, everyone, wherever you are, however you're listening. Thank you for making 2300 Reasons Why a part of your routine. I'm your host, Austin Tomes, Wealth Advisor and Certified Financial Planner at Passage Wealth. Today, it is my privilege to have Tom Kyle join the podcast. Tom works for Thrivent. He is currently the Marketing Director of Southeast Advisor Group, part of Thrivent. Tom, welcome. Thank you, Austin. Glad to be here. Today in Fort Wayne, it is cloudy and overcast. So, a little jealous of the sunshine state today.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've got temperatures in the 70s. And frankly, we are excited it's in the 70s. It's been so hot here. We're excited about a little cooler weather here.
1: Tom, thank you for joining me and taking time out of your schedule. I know talking to you yesterday, you were in the car driving home from a couple hour drive. And uh, today, even just mentioning you had some luncheons and things like that. So, thanks again. I know in your role, it's a unique role. It's a demanding role in terms of helping recruit new financial advisors and then help train them and basically act as their shepherd, especially in those first two to four years of getting into the industry. It's a hard industry to get into, especially if you're doing it by yourself and have that support and have that network. Talk a little bit about who you are, your journey of how you got to be where you're at today.
2: Yeah, thank you, Austin. I started uh, with Thrivent back in 1995. Before that, I'd actually worked with General Electric there in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And my primary role here is to help, like you said, find great candidates and select them and bring them on board that want to work for Thrivent and be a financial advisor. These folks help individuals, families, business owners, organizations with their financial goals, and we want them to have lives of meaning and gratitude. So. Thank you for having me on today. It's an honor.
1: Talk a little bit more about that, Tom, just in terms of the role you're in, because I know, if I'm correct, you used to be on the advisor side, and then you went to more of the director in terms of recruiting and stuff. You're a coach, you're a guide, you're a shepherd of these young advisors trying to get into a competitive industry. How has that overall experience been for you?
2: I remember the first day I started back in October of 95. And I was looking at this opportunity and I knew that I wanted to help people and they needed the help. And so I became an advisor and wandered Indiana. I would talk to people and they said, I think that would be a great career. I want to help people too. When it's like a financial ministry. And so I looked at it that way and it was another way that I could help maybe add value to their families or their businesses. And so for me, it was really exciting to see the changes and see them these business relationships turn into friendships as well.
1: When you say you're part of the Southeast Advisor Group of Thriven, what exactly does that entail?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. What we are is four states. They have eight of these across the United States for Thriven, these advisor groups or these tags, Thriven Advisory Groups. And we're the Southeast. So we're actually North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia. That's for the four states that we have. I used to travel the upper half of Florida and the bottom third of Georgia, and now they've got me from Pensacola down to Marco Island here, just on the West Coast. Still do a little traveling, and of course, I'm in Sarasota, so I can get up and down I-75 pretty quick, I-10, to get to where I need to be.
1: Yeah. And your son Kevin and his wife are in Fort Myers and I know they're expecting your first grandbaby and you and Teresa are on cloud nine already.
2: Yeah, we this is a dream come true. It's a blessing from God and we're excited that in January we'll have an addition to the Kyle family. We're very thankful and blessed for that, Austin.
1: For those of you that might be joining, this might be your very first episode. Maybe you stumbled across twenty three hundred reasons why and Are checking it out just to to see what it's about. This podcast is designed to be a biblical pursuit of money, helping bridge that gap between our faith and finances by diving into what God's word says about money, wealth, and possessions. And each episode, I try to bring on a different guest from different backgrounds pastors, authors, Again, Tom is today is the guest helping train the next generation of financial advisors and just trying to get their perspective on a verse of what they've held on to both in their career and their personal life when it comes to money, wealth, and possessions. Today, we're going to be in Acts 20, verse 35. But a question I like to ask everybody at the very beginning is, Because I know when I first heard this, it set me back a little bit, not in a bad way, but just like really made me think about it because I didn't realize that money, wealth, and possessions was talked about so much in the Bible. So, Tom, my question for you is when you hear that money, wealth, and possessions is talked about so much in the Bible, so much so that there are over 2,300 verses, and it is one of the most talked about topics, when you hear that stat, what initial thoughts do you have?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Austin. I know I thought a little bit about this question and I believe Jesus knew that money was a heart issue and that it was one of the most likely reasons that some folks may not consider to follow him, but he wants us to. He doesn't want us to give up on it. And what I mean by a heart issue is it's about the kingdom and we're not focusing just on the accumulating of money. Like we say, money is a tool, not a goal. And we want to make sure that we're living for God's glory and the good of others, is what I mean by a heart issue. That's what I work with and talk to folks all around Florida and other parts of the country as I work with them. And that's my belief when we talk about it. And here at Thrivent, as we talked about before, we believe money is a tool, mm-hmm. not a goal. And it should be used to, to live full lives and purpose and have meaning. That's what I mean by some of those things. And when I think of that.
1: The heart comes into play on a lot of these episodes. A couple episodes ago now, Pastor Luke Johnson, who I interviewed, did a deep dive on the heart and what that means. And he started off by saying the heart is the command center for us and everything flows in and out of our heart our thoughts our words our actions and and money wealth possessions i think uh, lines right with that and if our heart's not in the right spot this can be an area of our lives that can really derail us fast i personally believe that's why jesus took the time to talk about it so much and not only talked about it but made them wrestle made them be challenged today we're in acts 20:35 the author is believed to be luke who would have been one of Jesus's disciples. Paul's talking to a group in Ephesus here in Acts 20, 35, the verse that we're going to be looking at today. It says in my translation, in all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Tom, I'll turn it over to you and Let's do a little bit of a deep dive here. And just in terms of why that verse, when it comes to money, wealth, possessions, over 2,300 verses, what's made you hang your hat on that verse?
2: I think it just gets into daily living, working with people, being with your family, personally, professionally. I think this really resonates with me, Austin, who I am and how I'd like to live my life and want to give back. It's all about the kingdom, your time, your talent, your treasures, as we've been taught from early on is really what it's all about. It's about the kingdom. So if I can help in every way, that window or door opens, I want to make sure I'm walking through that and trying to help live my life in that manner.
1: Tom, when you heard that verse, how did you know that was something that you wanted to apply to your life?
2: I think it may have come from Pastor Art there in Fort Wayne. And I remember (laughs) Art and I talking about this, and we had a long conversation. And that's probably one of the times that I probably did the most on the deep dive of why that means so much to me. And then Looking at it from 330,000 feet above and then bringing it down and living it day by day, I think that's probably where it first came up was pastor art there in Fort Wayne. And then it's always been a part of my upbringing too. My dad and mom were always hard workers. My aunt and uncles, friends, family were all hard workers. And I think that had a lot to do with them giving back and they would try to help people in any way they could and help with time. If not time, they had talent. And then treasure went as much as they often they could as well. I remember from early childhood, and, and then from teachings coming through with pastor art, a lot of those things resonate with me, often. That's where I, my first memories
1: come from. Thanks for sharing that. As I was studying this verse a little bit, I learned something new. These words that Paul is referencing that Jesus spoke never show up as a quote or another verse in the Bible because he says, in all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So if he said that, I think we instantly think that it's actually recorded somewhere in the Bible, but It sounds like Paul received this from either the other disciples or someone that had shared that with him at one point, knowing how important it was, and he wanted to share it on with others. And my study Bible actually made me reference back to the very last verse in John chapter 21, it says in in verse 25, now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. I think that shows that there are things that Jesus obviously said and did that weren't recorded in the Bible. His childhood up until he started his ministry, that's not in the Bible. But I find it interesting that there's a pretty big verse here talking about being a blessing to others, giving to others how that can make an impact in people's lives, and yet it's not really found anywhere in the Bible. It was just passed along as, hey, this is a pretty important quote that was said once. I found that pretty interesting.
2: That is interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Obviously, you did some research and I appreciate that.
1: The big part of it is it's more blessed to give than to receive. How have you seen that play out in your career, Tom? Again, you're helping train that next generation of financial advisors You're giving to them through your service of passing on your experiences and your expertise and what you're doing. But then they're learning to then take that knowledge and give it on to the clients that they're blessed and fortunate to work with. Is there anything in your work specifically when it comes to training these advisors where this verse applies?
2: Every day, you just got to be reminded what it's all about, right? And it's about the kingdom and helping people. Doing what's right for them is going to make the rest of it what's right when we work with clients. And we're trying to help people be wise with money so that they can live generous lives. And we want to see that ripple out into the communities that they work and live in. And again, back to living for God's glory and the good of others. And so I've seen these advisors do that. And then I've seen the clients do that. And then it's that rippling fact of giving back as it is all given to us as part of the kingdom. And just keeping that in front of our minds daily, I think, is important. And so I think the advisors do a good job of that. And then, of course, the clients and then hopefully back to the communities and all across the
1: country. I know you wouldn't probably say this to other people. I know, but you shared it with me that I think you've had either your best year or maybe it was last year. But you've been very consistent in what you're doing What has played a role in that consistency in a job that can be pretty demanding and difficult?
2: I think it's about the ultimate judgment day, right? And you'd like to hear great job, faithful servant. And I've got a long way to go with that, Austin. And so each day I try to get a little better and I just want to stay focused and try to pass on as much good to everyone that I come into contact with. So hopefully I can make a positive difference and in turn, they can pass that on to others. And then uh, hopefully when we have that judgment day, we can we hear those words, good job, faithful servant. So mm-hmm. if I keep that in mind in the forefront and just Jim Collins had a book out there calling doing the 20 mile march every day mm-hmm. and I get up and try to do the 20 mile march every day, whether it's snowy and rainy or cold, or whether there's a hurricane of blowing or if it's just super sunshine and nice weather, we'll do 20 miles every day so that we can try to do the best we can to help people
1: there's no doubt that your positivity is contagious and a very consistent characteristic of who you are as a person, as a husband, father, and as a worker in your career as well. And I think that's part of this verse too, because a couple verses before that, he's talking about his ministry and how people have had to support his ministry financially. And he talks about some of those people like Phoebe and others in the Bible, and Jesus was no different. It doesn't get talked about a whole lot, I don't think, in the Bible, but there are people that helped fund and support their ministries, and I think that he's talking about that. He's working hard to help the weak to give to others, knowing that it's going to be a blessing, not only for them, but for us. And I think at times in our culture, we have this thing that we have to give and we can enjoy it. And I think that's maybe going back to the heart issue that you were referencing before. If the heart's not in the right place, then it can be for selfish motives and for pride and things like that. But I look at times in my life where you give to someone to help them for a specific need and you feel joy in that because you know that you're helping someone that couldn't help themselves.
2: I think that's spot on. looks for everyone. It's not just for the affluent or the middle class. It's for everyone. We try to make a positive difference in everything that we do personally and then professionally as well. And I think that's well put. I look at my life and all of us have some good and bad and hopefully no ugly in it. You want to persevere and you want to make sure that you do the right things at all times. And that pays off in the long run. And you get to see people raise their families. You get to see the kids go to college. They grow up to be professionals. I'm thinking back of all these folks that I've worked with. And for me, I knew I wanted to help people. And then what's happened, these business relationships have turned into friendships. And frankly, that's become priceless. Yeah. And that motivates me every day.
1: How did you go from GE to thriving? How did you get connected in that? Because I feel like this has definitely been more your calling in your wheelhouse. Not saying that GE wasn't, but... And, and the reason I asked that, because some of the things you were just sharing with me, took me back a couple episodes ago where the verse was in Ephesians 2.10, the Lord will equip us. He's equipping us for good works, and he did it long in advance. And so he has known how he's going to be using us, and it's our obedience that lives that out. And so I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'm wondering your story in terms of getting from GE to Thrivent, but that knowing that Ephesians 2.10 was probably happening in your life, that at GE, the Lord was equipping you for a long career at Thrivent.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I guess I'm guess i sitting here smiling. I know folks can't see me, but I'm smiling ear to ear here as we're talking. And back in the day, GE had asked me to get into supervision. And I was lucky and blessed that I had a gentleman take me under his wing. He was the CFO of our department that we were working with there at General Electric and Power Supply. And I thank Doyle every day for him taking me under his wing and talking to me about finances, right? Because I didn't have that training in high school and I didn't have that training in college and we probably should do more of that. But, and so then as I supervising these people and every year about this time of the year, the benefits come out and they start asking the supervisor questions about it. And of course I'm unlicensed and I'm not giving them, I'm just talking to them about it, about what do you do with life and what do you do with disability? And Hey, what about this? And Doyle helped me with that. And then when I had a gentleman approach me about becoming an advisor for I just know that I love helping people. And I had done a lot of that and I got properly licensed and wanted to make sure that I could help them get them from where they're at to where they want to go. And I could work with small business owners. I could work with people. I could work with large companies, organizations as well. I could work with all of them. And whether that be in an office setting or a boardroom or a kitchen table, the key was, is hopefully you were making a positive difference in their lives, getting them from where they're at to where they want to go. So that's probably the story there. I started at GE and Doyle and people asking questions when it come benefit time. And, and then when a, a friend of mine that had worked with AA Paul and asked me about, hey, Tom, I think you'd be really good at this. Have you ever considered it? That started my journey and my venture and then into financial services.
1: I'm going to paraphrase this, but it was on social media. I saw some interview and it was a guy talking about a story about how a very large CEO of a maybe a Fortune 500 or big company and basically talking about like, how have you had so much success? And when you hear that, you automatically think, oh, he's made good hires, or he's made good business decisions, or he's a charismatic leader, and all these things. And he was just like, serve people. Take care of the people on your left and right. Do it every day. Just serve people. Do it the right way. And it'll take care of itself. How simple and profound is that? But how much is that in the Bible too? As we're sitting here talking about it, even here, it's more blessed to give than to receive.
2: Those are the fundamentals, and sometimes the, the simpler the better, right? I know in this day and age, sometimes people want to overcomplicate things a little bit, and I try not to do that. I catch myself doing that once in a while, and we just got to get back to I think that's well put, serving people. That's, that's why we're here.
1: Yeah. Right? One other thought I had about the verse here before we move on to maybe a story about a way God's blessed you when it comes to money is this reward of giving. My thought with that is when we give and we're a blessing to others, there is a reward for that other person on the end that needed some money or food or help in their job, help at home. There's plenty of examples. It's in the Bible if we are trying to pursue the kingdom way, live a life of obedience, a lot of that is serving other people well. And I believe uh, we are going to be rewarded for that. I think it's not necessarily rewards here on earth, but it's the well done, thou good and faithful servant that you shared earlier when it comes to that. But real quick, this is what this uh, quote says. Those who give from a pure motive, again, if our command center, our heart is in the right spot, those who give from a pure motive, God will bless. They will be rewarded, not only in the peace which they shall experience in this life, but in the higher bliss of heaven. And then he references Matthew 25, 34 through 36. Man, what a great feeling that is of let's go give and serve others knowing that there is a reward for us. And it's if our hearts and our conditions are in the right thing, it's one of two things. It's peace and it's eternal life. And I'm sure there's a lot of other blessings that can come from it as well. But I don't know, when I read that, I was just like, yeah, it's okay to be rewarded for helping others if our hearts are in the right spot.
2: A couple other words that came to my mind that uh, we had a conversation the other day with happiness and joy. Yeah. I know when I serve others, that's probably the happiest I have I've ever been in my life. And mm. So I try to do more of that. And then you're doing it for the kingdom. And I believe that with God involved, that brings joy. And so I think those are two things that go along exactly with what you said it makes a big difference.
1: Before we go to the next part, is there any story that you specifically wanted to share when it comes to money?
2: I just watched people around me. We grew up in a very modest area and a modest time, and I just watched them try to help others, maybe even when they didn't have it themselves. And that made a a very big impression on me that it isn't just about us, it's about others. And so I watched that in my upbringing. I watched that in my neighborhood. I watched that in my family. That made a big impression on me as a young person. I want to try to be reminded of that every day and pass that mindset on too. So hopefully we make the world a little better place. I've got all kinds of stories about people giving part of their Thanksgiving dinner with Thanksgiving coming up here soon to a family who needed it worse than they did. And I saw that but I'm like, wow, talk about serving people and those kind of things stuck in my mind.
1: What about a way in your life, Tom, that God has blessed you when it's come to money?
2: I think the opportunity to work with private. I think the opportunity to serve others. It's blessed me. I grew up in Indiana and moved down to Florida here about 13 years ago, and my son's down here, and his wife, Catherine. And as you had stated, we're going to have our little grandbaby here coming up next year in Madeline. And I look at that as being a huge blessing along with my wife, Teresa. We moved down here and we're trying to make a difference where we can and as often as we can. And so I I think bringing us down here closer to our family has been priceless as well. God knew that little grandbaby was coming and that's going to make it a little easier to spend a lot more quality time there. So I would say that's probably some of the biggest things that come to my mind often.
1: And you're only one Allegiant flight away, so. <laughs>
2: that's right. Or when to get a direct one, that's yeah. it.
1: Yep. <laughs> Finally here, Tom, as we wrap things up, what about a way, whether it's something we've talked about today or just something else that's maybe on your heart, but what's a way that the listeners here can take away in terms of maybe being challenged, stepped outside their comfort zone or Maybe thinking about something in a different way when it comes to money, wealth, possessions.
2: Oh, that's a great question. As I think about things, I remember going through a program that I thought was very good, and I would encourage listeners in their quiet time if they can get a legal pad, or I know it's electronic world, maybe you want to put the notes in your phone or whatever. But for me, it was a legal pad and a pen, and write down your goals, wow. and don't let anything limit you. Don't let anything stop you from dreaming big. And then this can include things like the financial, your needs, your wants, your wishes. That's what we try to do when we work with people here at Thrivent. And then I think they also need to look at their social goals. What kind of goals do they have from a social standpoint or mental goals? That could be getting a new degree or something along those lines. There's also physical goals that I think are very important, as well as spiritual goals. And they'll write Mm -hmm. those down and then put family in there too. And so I always looked at those six different goals and I looked at those as the old wagon wheel that those were spokes mm-hmm. and then just try to keep the wagon wheel as round as you can. So if you can balance that mm-hmm. and you can get that round wheel to go down the road, it makes it a little bit smoother. So I think if they do those things, they can look and be encouraged that they're creating a holistic plan for themselves mm-hmm. that will meet their needs that aligns with their values. I think that's, something that I would challenge folks to dream big in, those, in all of those six different pieces.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing those different goals. It's not only money goals of needs, wants, and wishes. There's all the other ones you mentioned, but I think most importantly is all of those are intertwined. We're not going to be the best version of ourselves, or like you said, keeping that wheel in good a shape as it can be, because if we're too off course with any of those spokes, it can really derail the rest of those other areas. And that's where I think coming back to finances and even just financial wellness plays such a big part in that, because again, God spoke on it so much that he knew it was going to be not only directly related, but also indirectly related on all these other areas of our life as well. Tom, any other parting thoughts here before we wrap up?
2: No, I just wanted to thank you, Austin, for the opportunity. It's always great to see and talk to you and Thank you for having me on today. If you've got any questions, I'll try to help any way I can. But thank you so much. I was honored to be on here today with you.
1: Thanks, Tom. Same to you. Thanks for your encouragement and trying to help guide this younger generation, because I think you've probably been in positions where you could have advanced and maybe focused on other things. There's probably been different opportunities and things like that. Just admire your work ethic and everything that you're doing for this industry and ultimately for God's kingdom. So keep up the good work and thanks again for coming on today.
2: Thank you, Austin, and right back at you. I thank you for all that you do and the good that you do day in and day out. I know you're doing a lot of great things as well, but thank you.
1: Thanks, Tom. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Thrivent Advisor Network and its advisory persons do not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Investment advisory services offered through Thrivent Advisor Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor, and a subsidiary of Thrivant. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Passage Wealth and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website at www.passage-wealth.com for important disclosures.